You're listening to the teaching ministry of Houston's First Baptist Church, a relevant biblical community. For more information, visit houstonsfirst.org. It really is amazing all the things that God has already done. And that's amazing to think about. We're only a year into this. We've got a whole nother year. What will we be celebrating 365 days from now that God's going to do and has already got planned? So today is going to be an awesome day all over the city, Siena, Cyprus, downtown, the Loop, Digital Family. We're going to jump into Romans chapter eight. If you got your Bible, I want you to turn there to Romans chapter eight. And we are going to look at Romans chapter eight. And we're also gonna have a time at the end of our time together of this service, we're gonna be able to make our commitments to literally change the world. I mean, church, we're always changing the world. But this time today, we get to literally step out and go, wow, I'm a part of that. And God's gonna do some great things. Now, let me tell you about Romans chapter eight. A man in the 1600s, a pastor in the 1600s said that if the Bible was a ring, Romans would be the diamond. And Romans 8 would be the little gling on the diamond right there, that little shiny part of the diamond. That's what would happen here with Romans chapter 8. And so we've been in it for the last week, and now we're going to go a little bit further, beginning in verse 12, and looking at what Romans chapter 8 says. If the Bible was a ring, Romans would be the diamond, and Romans 8, that would be the highest point of the diamond. So I want you to look at Romans chapter 8. Verse 12, and we're going to see that it's not only important for us to have the Spirit, it's important for the Spirit to have us as well. Romans chapter 8, verse 12 says this, So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh, because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live for all of those led by God's Spirit are God's sons and daughters. So let's take it right there. The first thing that happens here is we've got this amazing thing of journeying in to God's word of saying, he begins at the beginning, he says, look, you don't have to choose sin anymore. See, what's happened when you receive Jesus Christ as your savior, he takes you from darkness to light. He takes you from death to life. He takes you from flesh to spirit. He takes you from being a slave to sin to being able to be a child of God. So he's saying, you don't have to sin anymore. And that's a great thing because so much of our life, we feel like, well, I've gotten this peer pressure. Oh, I better go ahead and give in so that they like me. I better go ahead and give in so that they think I'm cool. Whatever it is. And we feel this pressure and this pull of sin. And God's given us a new appetite. He's given us a new disposition. He's given us a new heart in him so that we don't have to make those bad choices anymore. Here's the point. Walk away and choose life over death. Walk away and choose life over death. If you've got your Kainos book, that's going to be on page 30 is where we've got some notes. I should have told you that before. And you can follow along and take some notes on some of the points that I'm giving you here, um, beginning on page 30 with this Kainos book. Walk away and choose life over death. Our life is basically a cumulative assumption of all of the choices we make, don't you think? It's basically a cumulative effect. We make choices to do this, we make choices to do that, and we make these paths, these choices, we end up in the places, hopefully, where God wants us to be. So he's saying, you don't have to make bad choices anymore. You can choose what God wants for your life. You have the strength, you have the desire, you have the Holy Spirit in you. I remember when I was in college ministry, I'd meet with college students all the time, and I'd say, well, what's your vision for your life? What do you want out of life? So, well, I, you know, I want to marry a great guy 
real godly, godly guy. I want to marry a great girl, real godly, godly girl. And I want to have 2.5 kids and I want to have a white picket fence. And I want us to, you know, I just want us to serve and to not be selfish and to be giving and all of those sort of things. And I just, just kind of want, they just would describe this perfect little life and walk with the Lord and all those things. I said, man, that's amazing business. So what are you doing tonight? Well, tonight I'm going to a keg party and tomorrow night I'm going to a bar. And the next night, well, two plus two doesn't equal six, right? You don't have to choose that. And if you want the things of God, then you begin to choose the things of God. You begin to say, God, I want you to do work in my life. I don't have to do that anymore. I've been set free and I am able to walk with the Lord. I can choose something that's better, something I really want to do. Now, with my extended family, we've been able to go skiing several times. And so uh, when Kelly really liked skiing now, but she didn't like it that much starting out. And we came down the hill and we got to the bottom of the hill. She looked at me and she goes, I don't like this. I'm cold and I'm tired and I'm scared the entire time. I don't like this. And I looked at her, I said, you don't have to do this. She goes, I don't. I said, no, you don't have to do it. She's like, really? I'm like, no, go into town, take some money and go into town and eat out with the other ladies in the family, do whatever y'all wanna do. It'd be great, it'll be cheaper for me if you go out and just get lunch, that'd be great. Really, if you just wanna go back to the house and burn $20 bills all day long, that'll be cheaper. If that's fun for you, just, just light money on fire. Just make a bonfire of $20 bills. It'll be great. And so then she was like, really? I don't have to do this? I'm like, no. I, well, good. I don't want to do this. So then she started going out and they would eat and shop and all that. And I was like, man, that costs more. Come skiing again. Don't you like skiing? This would be great. But there was this moment where she was like, I don't have to do this. No, you don't. And the smile came on her face and she'd do what you want to do. And what God's saying through this, and Paul, he's saying, you don't have to do sin anymore. You don't have to walk away from God. You don't have to walk with guilt. You don't have to walk with shame. Do shame with what you really want to do in your heart as a believer in Jesus Christ, a new covenant, new relationship with God. You want to walk with God. So do that. You're under no obligation to the flesh. You don't owe sin or the devil or your flesh or anybody else in the world another thing. You walk with God. Number two, it said in Romans 14 or 8, verse 14, I want to bring it to your attention because it's so good. For all of those led by God's Spirit who are God's sons. Now, it's really interesting that led by God's Spirit in the Greek, that led means willingly led, willingly led. Here's your notes to write down. A believer desires to willingly follow. A believer desires to willingly follow. When Jesus Christ lives inside of you, when you've given your life to Jesus Christ, there's a willingness that should be in you. And so I wanna ask you, think about that. Are you willing to follow Jesus? Even in church, I've been doing church long enough. I know some of y'all have gotten here held hostage by somebody. You're watching online right now because somebody's forcing you to do that. You're singing because we were just singing. You're listening because what else are you gonna do? It's just willingly is not a part of your vocabulary right now when it comes to spiritual things. Let me ask you to investigate that in your heart. If you are unwilling to follow God, what does that say? Think about that a little bit. But when you're a believer in Jesus Christ, when the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, when you're a Christian, when the worship music starts, no matter if you can sing or not, you go, man, I'm so glad. This is a great room to be in the praises of God. Wow, how amazing. You mean you're gonna open up the Bible and tell me some things that I don't know? You've been studying and now you're gonna present? Wow, give me my pen. I wanna take some notes. 
Oh man, we're going to change the world as a church. I don't want to do that. Whoa, I get to do that. See, nobody should come to the things of God feeling like God's twisting your arm. God is very secure. He's very secure. Sometimes we paint a picture that God's sitting in his room going, oh, please, y'all come. We all come to church. Please come to church. He's very secure. It says that if we are not willing, the way it puts it in the scriptures there, which is very interesting, verse 13, if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. It's a Greek word of meaning you are already in the process of dying. The wages of sin is death. The free gift of life is Jesus Christ, our our Lord and our Savior, placing our faith in Him. And so death could be socially, it could be emotionally, it could be even physically. Sin's not good for you physically. And so being able to say, I choose you, God. I willingly follow you. I want to willingly follow you. I desire to live for you and make a difference for you. And that's why for a believer in Christ, sin is never satisfying because you've got different desires, different wills. You want to be faithful to your spouse. You want to be faithful in your purity, young singles. You want to be a person that is walking with God. That's the desire God's put in you. And that's why it says in verse 14, for all who are led by God's spirit are God's sons. Don't worry, ladies and daughters, children of God. There's a willingness there. Now, our church, I tell you what, we have such an encouraging church. And I just, I want to say thank you. Continue to encourage the staff. I, I just want you to know from me personally, I get so much encouragement and it's wonderful. And a lot of my pastor friends would love an ounce of the encouragement that I get because they get a lot of grief. But I, I get cards from people. I get emails from people. Thank yous in the halls. And, and I, I appreciate that so, so much. And that's good to be a grateful, good, uh, loving church like that. And so I got this card from a, from a lady and she, she said this, Dear Pastor Greg, I want to thank I want to say thank you to you, the committee who worked and prayed, and everybody on staff together who worked and prayed together to form and create Kainos. It's a wonderful way to help so many different ministries. Now, I want you to get that in a minute. I got a card from a church member thanking us for starting a capital campaign. I just want to say thank you for asking us to give money. I want to say thank you for asking us to give over and above what we typically give. I want to say thank you for all the plans, all the preparations, all the messages. This is a willing heart is what this is. Not somebody saying, oh, you mean we got to help people? Ah, I want another shirt. (laughs) Instead, it's saying, this is what God's put in my heart and my spirit. I want to walk with God. I want to be willingly led. What an amazing thing to receive a card like that, to say, wow, this is incredible. A believer desires to willingly follow God. And if you don't have a willingness in your heart in whatever area it is with the Lord, I just encourage you to investigate that. Why are you unwilling? What is it about you that's saying no to God and yes to self? And why do you think that's gonna work out better than following the Lord? The third point that we get is found in Romans chapter eight, verse 15 through 17. And here's the point so you can see it in the scriptures. We are adopted into God's family. We are adopted into God's family. Now, I think it's awesome and incredible and so cool when when people adopt children. I think that's amazing. I think it's incredible for the kid to go from a broken place to a joyous place, to go from without a home to a home. So, man, if you're an adopted child, that is awesome. It's so cool. If you're an adopted family, wow, how incredible. So let's see where that 
gets a root back in the scripture. Look in verse 15. We are adopted into God's family. Verse 15, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. That slavery to sin only brings fear. Instead, you received a spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. God wants us to know that we belong to Him. Verse 17, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, so that we may also be glorified with Him. Look back at verse 15. You did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received a spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. What an amazing thing. We have been adopted into God's family. Now, this word adoption in the Greek, it means to be adopted as an adult son. I want you to get that. Not as a, not as a child, not as a baby, though that happens and that's wonderful. It's to be adopted as an adult son, meaning this, you already have the rights and privileges of the family. You see it? You're an adult. You got the responsibilities of adoption. You got the privileges of adoption. You got the blessings of adoption. You got all those things to be adopted. So God brings us into the family and he says, you are like co-heirs with Christ. Jesus is your brother in a sense, and you are co-heirs and all the spiritual blessings have been laid out on you as well. How incredible is that? The benefit is ours. Now, we sometimes act immature, but we've been, we've been adopted as an adult son. How incredible is that? Now, we love adoption around here. Now, a few years ago, we started really leaning into this even more about 15 years ago. Some of you may remember, I went away on a sabbatical time, was praying and asking the Lord, what was the vision, what we need to do? And I really felt like the Lord put on my heart very strongly that we need to use the platform of our church to help families adopt and to help adoptive families. And so we jumped out in that and went full tilt in that. And there's, there's different kinds of adoption. There's, you know, kind of your orphan care adoption but there's also kinship adoption where maybe a, a parent, the child is adopted by the grandparents or an aunt or an uncle, kinship adoption. There's foster care that happens as well. And so there's lots of uh, three different ways, big categories and lots of different adoptions that happen. And so we just decided we were gonna step into that and really go for that. Now, we also decided to, and I wanna just give us a little, we're gonna do a little tangent and come back. We didn't want the world to just know what we were against. We wanted the world to know what we we're also for. So we're unapologetically, unapologetically against abortion, but we are for adoption. Now, I want to stop and tell you this. Here's what's happening in our culture and in churches all over the place. The pastor says something theological and the people hear something political, okay? You got to take your political hearing aids out because when something is declared theological, we can't hear it political, so the Bible's really clear about life and when it begins, and we want to be known not just what we're against, but we want to be known what we're for. So let me tell you some of the things that have happened in these last years in our adoption ministry, and then I just want you to go crazy. I'll kind of point at you and we can just go for it because it's worth celebrating. First of all, this is really cool. I think we've had a lot of folks jump in just with their vocations to be able to be utilized in the church. We've got lawyers that have served in a pro bono fashion to help with the legal work of adopted children. We've had educational diagnosticians. We've had quilters in our quilting group. They made little booties and little blankets and all those things. What sweetness that is. We've had people translate, particularly between English and Spanish. 
We've had developmental pediatricians that have helped to work with kids, counselors that work with kids. It's awesome. It's incredible how we can give and to be able to have those things to serve those families in great ways. We have served since 2008, 500 plus families have been served in our adoption ministry. 216 assistant grants, assistance grants, meaning helping people to adopt, have been awarded. We are, have awarded 52 families and we've given them funds for post-adoption stuff because it's hard sometimes for counseling, occupational therapy, nutrition, and educational assessment. Right now, this very moment, we are serving over 200 kinship, foster, and adoptive families. Right now, in this moment, over 200. In these years, we've given well over a million dollars has been given. And there's still, just in our reach of our church, there's about 3,000 kids who are currently in kinship or foster care just within the reach of our church right here in the city of Houston. So the job's not done. And so we're excited about what God has done. So now I want you to just go, let's celebrate that. That's good stuff. That's awesome. Even baby Jesus last year in the Christmas presentation was an adopted little baby, right? And that was awesome. We celebrated that. It's wonderful. And so we celebrate. We're excited. But here's what's exciting. We're going to go further with Kainos. If you look to page 15 in your book, page 15, we're going to go even further. We want to do even more of what we're, we're able to do here on page 15. It's under the Spring Branch Faith Center, our compassion section there. Here's what we want to do. We're already in the process. We have a, a place called Faith Center on Long Point. It's a little bit north of the Loop Campus. And so we're taking a 70-year-old church that we've owned for years, uh, not all 70, I don't know, maybe 10 years, 15 years, something like that. And we're refurbishing the whole church. That's where your money is going with Kynos to refurbish that church. There's four churches meeting in there that are not campuses of ours. They're basically ethnically based churches. That we're making a worship center. We're making everything better for them because we want their church to do really great. Let me show you a couple pictures. This is the worship center right now under construction where those four churches will meet. We'll have offices on the side that where each one of those churches will have a different ministry office where they can house their offices to be there. A couple other pictures of just construction going on. Um, and then the next one is really exciting. This one is our adoption ministry healing, holistic healing center. So we're making a whole suite of about 3,500 square feet so that we can provide local families with legal care, nutrition, counseling, occupational therapy, and educational assessments. A multidisciplinary team will provide these opportunities for families to learn, to heal, to grow in the context of families. It's Legacy 68.5 from Psalm 68.5 that he puts the fatherless into families. And so we're going to build out that suite. That's part of what Kainos is. From a spirit of adoption. Did you see it? I showed it to you in the scriptures. We're taking that as an application into today's world that we are adopted in Christ so that Jesus Christ can change our lives and we can change others' lives as well. How amazing is that? Now, we don't know of, maybe there is, we don't know of anybody doing this type of stuff to this level in the country. And we're great with that because we're really into new, okay? We want to do something that hopefully, and we're already having people ask questions and we're beginning to train people. We've been doing that for years, but even more so to help them in their ministries, in their churches, to be able to really take a step. Because we can't do it all, right? We can help other people do it as well. So we're excited about that. The love of God in adoption. 
There's a song I've been listening to. It's on repeat. I hope you'll put it on your Spotify playlist as well. And it's just so good. It's by Cody Carnes and it's called Ain't Nobody. Now I want you to hear, as we're talking about the love of God, the adoption love that he has for us, it's terrible grammar and awesome theology, okay? So just get ready. English teachers just shiver for a minute, all right? Here we go. Ain't nobody love me like Jesus. Ain't nobody love me this good. Ain't nobody love me like Jesus. And I know, and I know nobody could. Tell me, who could give me this freedom? Tell me, who could get me this far? Ain't nobody love me like Jesus. And I know, and I know nobody could. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody, ain't nobody. Terrible grammar, but awesome theology. And I just ask you, tell me, where are you gonna find a love like this? From some boyfriend girls? Some girlfriend guys? It's not gonna happen. The love of God to adopt you and me into the family of God is the greatest love you can ever imagine. And that's why the Bible is a ring and Romans 8 is a diamond and this is the glimmer, Romans is the diamond and Romans 8 is the glimmer on it. It brings us to our fourth point here, we now have a, rela a great relationship with dad, Abba, father. We now have a great relationship with dad. Let me ask you, how many of you have waited on that sentence for years? You now have a great relationship with dad. You've been waiting for it for your earthly dad, and I'm giving it to you that your heavenly dad can heal your earthly dad wounds. There's a lot of great dads out there, but there's some wounds that can happen with dads as well. And the heavenly father can meet you right where you are. And he's called Abba Father. And I know some of you older folks like, man, I thought, I knew they were a great group. Um, you know, I didn't know they were in the Bible though. I just knew they were a 70s disco band um, called Abba. It's not about them. No dancing queen here. It's about the heavenly king and Abba Father. Abba is a Greek word, which means daddy. It means dear father. So he's not just saying, I'm this God in the sky at a distance from you behind smoke and thunder. He's saying, I want to adopt you as children and now you can have a great relationship with me through Jesus Christ. I wanna be your daddy. I wanna be your dear father. I wanna be who you crawl up in the lap of. I wanna be someone that is, that is in conversation with you. I wanna be a listening ear. I wanna be a word of wisdom. I wanna be your father. And I want to do that because Jesus Christ died on the cross as my son. And when you place your faith in Christ as God's son, you become co-heirs with Jesus. And now you receive from Jesus the fatherhood relationship through faith, through Christ, through the father to the father in Jesus Christ. How incredible is that? How incredible is that? Now, if Years and years ago, my son's in college now, but when he was a little guy, he was probably five, maybe four years old, and he started hearing everybody in church uh, calling me Pastor Greg, so he thought it'd be cute to call me Pastor Greg. So we were at home, and he's like, Pastor Greg, what time's bed? Pastor Greg, when are we gonna do this? Pastor Greg, you wanna play basketball? Pastor Greg, this, that, and the other. Pastor Greg, Pastor Greg. And it was fun, we were having a good time. And then finally I was like, you know, this is a teachable moment. So I, I brought him over here and I, I got down on one knee and I said, you're not in trouble. You know, I mean, when dad gets on one knee, everybody goes, what happened? Uh-oh. So, you know, not in trouble, no problem. I looked him in the eye and I said, thousands of people call me Pastor Greg. 
before my daughter was born, thousands of people call me Pastor Greg, but only one person in the whole world calls me dad. One person in the whole world calls me daddy. And it's you. That's the special name you get. Pastor Greg, I'm honored. I want you to know that. Thousands of people call me that. But you call me daddy. His little face kind of lit up. Yeah, that is special. And I want you to know the rest of the world can call him the big man upstairs. The rest of the world can talk about some ambiguous God somewhere up there that somehow all roads lead to. You as a believer in Jesus get to call him Abba Father. Dad, you get that. I get that. Why? Because he's adopted us into his family. How incredible is that? And the last thing, and then we'll, we'll wrap up in just a moment. Our sacrifice is for his glory. Our sacrifice is for his glory. Look at the end of verse, seven, or look at verse 17. If children heirs, and if heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him so that we may be glorified with him. If indeed we suffer with him, we will be glorified with him. Now, let me just tell you, just flat out, let me put it on the table. Christianity involves sacrifice. It involves sacrifice. You die to yourself so that you can live to God. Is there other things that you could be doing with your money? Absolutely. But is there joy that comes with sacrificial giving? Absolutely, we're cheerful givers. And so God says, now I want you to know you're adopted, you're a co-heir, but you're gonna go through some struggles of, of sacrifice as well. Don't think it's just sunshine and roses all the time. It's difficult. You're gonna go through things of the world. It's gonna happen. But that sacrifice is going to be for his glory. We share in Christ's blessings and we share in Christ's sufferings. So as we put this thing together, what happens in this? This glimmer on this diamond, we go, wow, incredible. I want to be willing to follow God. I wanna choose life over death. I wanna choose holiness over sin. I realize that I've been adopted into his family. I hope you're proud to be a part of a church that's trying to illustrate that in the world. And so God's doing his work through us as adopted children into his family of God. We're willingly follow. Now we've got a relationship with our Father in heaven. And so now we can sacrifice to his glory. How amazing is that? And as adopted kids, listen, as adopted kids of the heavenly Father, you and I get to make a huge difference in this world. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, willingness. Thy will be done, willingness on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we wanna see your kingdom on this earth, so we're gonna make a difference and we're gonna sacrificially step out and we're gonna go for it and we're gonna trust you. Why would your plan be better than God's plan? We're gonna trust you and let God do his work because ain't nobody love me like Jesus. Ain't nobody love me this good. And letting God do his work. Now, let me close with this before we jump into our giving time. And I'll explain that to you clearly on what we'll do. We as adopted children get to make a worldwide difference, and that's a joy. You know that there's been some major difference makers as adopted kids, some major difference makers as adopted kids. Let me just, just go through a little bit here uh, to just share with you some of these difference makers as, 
as people that have been adopted. First of all, we got Babe Ruth. I mean, where would baseball be without the Babe, right? Where would candy be without a baby Ruth? You know, so we've got him right there. His sister and him were sent to an orphanage at a young age, but he met Brother Mathis, who taught him and encouraged him to play, uh, to play baseball. And then a talent scout became his guardian. And he said, man, let's go for it on baseball and saw his gifts in that. Babe Ruth, the babe, was adopted. Eleanor Roosevelt, by age 15, she was a double orphan. She was the longest standing first lady in the history of our nation. They called her the first lady of the world because of the human rights and achieve, human rights punching and achieving, you know, pushing back to make it better to be able to do that, which was incredible. Steve Jobs was adopted. Amazing chairman of uh, Apple and CEO of Apple, not a believer, not going on that amazing part. We're going on the, the just the stuff. So where would we be without Steve Jobs? Well, we'd all probably be not as dysfunctional as we are right now from looking at all of our phones. But his touch is probably in your pocket, right? <laughs> Melissa Gilbert. You remember Little House on the Prairie? If you're my generation, Melissa Gilbert. John Hancock. Where would our country be without this signer of the Declaration of Independence? He said, I want to write my signature so big that the, the King of England will not have to use his glasses to see my name. And we still... Talk about put your John Hancock there. Where would, we be, where would we be without a guy like him that was a patriot for the American Revolution? Michael Orr, you saw Blindside. What a great movie. Then Nelson Mandela, raised by a tribal chief after his father's death when he was nine years old, went to be the president of South Africa from 94 to 99 and was elected by the democratic election there in South Africa. Where would be a statement of freedom without Nelson Mandela? I mean, imagine if these parents would have chosen abortion over adoption. Leo Tolstoy, Russian author, some say one of the greatest authors in history. Nancy Reagan, Ronald Reagan's wife, was adopted. Dave Thomas, think all the Wendy's hamburgers and baked potatoes you had. Dave Thomas, born in New Jersey to an unwed woman who he never knew, was adopted at six years, six weeks old. And at the age of five, his adopted mother then died and he moved in with his grandmother and he became the founder and CEO of the Wendy's restaurant change and used his platform to be an advocate often and generously for adoption. Edgar Allan Poe, Gerald Ford, Simone Biles, adopted. Simone, after spending time in and out of foster care, was adopted by her grandparents, and they helped her to pursue her dream to reach the Olympics. And look at all the gold medals she's won from that. But there's one other, one other person, the biggest difference maker you could ever, ever imagine that was adopted to make a huge contribution in our world. Do you know who that is? You and me adopted in Christ. That the church has been adopted through Jesus Christ to have the right relationship with God the Father. And you and I get to make a difference for the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven through the power of being God's children. And so we come to that place and go, yes, willingly, you don't have to twist my arm. Let's go together to make a difference. We're at the one year half point of a two year initiative. And we wanna just put that flag back down in the ground and say, 
I'm in. I think this is great. I'm for adoptive children. I'm for all these things that we've done. We've given you a whole booklet over the last five weeks of all the things we've done, the video thing we showed at the very beginning of all the things that we've done. And now we come down to this moment where it's our opportunity to willingly, cheerfully say, count me in. I wanna be one of those adoptive difference makers to change people's lives, not giving to the church, but giving through the church. If everyone would take their commitment card right now, I just wanna give you clarity on, on what we're gonna do. In just a moment, we're going to bring this commitment card down. We've got at all campuses. If you'll walk to the front, front of the balcony at the Loop campus, the cross aisle as well, the front right here. We're gonna bring these cards down in just a moment. And, and then we're gonna go back to our seats and we're gonna celebrate together and we're gonna worship. I made a big mistake at the last service. I said, bring your cards down. And I didn't say, go back to your seats. And it was like me and the worship team at the end, just praising the Lord, you know? So we'd like you to go back to your seats and then we're gonna celebrate together as a congregation, okay? It's gonna be a special moment. It won't be long, but I wrote on my notes, don't leave, okay? If you leave, we'll just add another zero to your commitment card, okay? That's what we'll do. We'll just make it happen like that. Now, let me tell you how we're gonna cheerfully give and then we're gonna cheerfully worship and then we'll be out and this will all take place in about 10 minutes. We're gonna change the world, continue changing the world. If you look in the commitment card there, we've got three groups of people. On the left-hand side, our primary goal is 100% engagement. We want every single person jumping into this. Secondary goal is that we would raise 110 million over two years and God has given us some part of that 110 million is for new opportunities that we have that we didn't know we were gonna have at the beginning. And we've got some opportunities that we wanna take advantage of. So we're jumping in. So we need you to jump in. And there's three groups and I'll take you through on the commitment card that's on the screen. And if you're a part of the digital family, your host will give you some information and we'll put a QR code up in a minute that you can connect with. But the first group is this, it's the Be Inspired group. It's a new commitment. You've been here in our church and you weren't here a year ago when we made this commitment. So you didn't make a commitment to Kainos. And so we want you to jump in. We've had almost 1,200 new members and we want you to jump in. We've done all this without you. What can we do with you? So jump in and what you would do is you'd check that box and you would talk, you would put in that blank, the total giving for the next year. So if you're gonna give each month, take that times 12 and then whatever extra you wanna put in, however that works in, what's the total giving so we can plan and look for the next year? What will you give in the next year? Make that commitment before the Lord. In just a moment, we're gonna have a prayer time where you can pray and really get it right in your heart. Number two, second group is the Be Encouraged group. And you're gonna check that first box there on the next half. And it's, I'm confirming my commitment to finish strong. And so we've sent you an email. We've sent you a letter a couple weeks ago that said what your commitment previously was. And you can write that in there, check that box in that first blank and say, I'm gonna finish strong, man. I just trust the Lord. Don't know how it's gonna happen, but I'm gonna walk by faith to just finish what I already committed. And then the third group is, I'm gonna increase my two-year commitment. That you've got your commitment that you've already got, but you're gonna increase it to, God's blessed you, you've got the opportunity, you got the ability to be able to step up and say, you know what, I did that and it's not really a challenge for me as much anymore, I'm gonna jump in and here's the extra. That's where my family and I are, we check the box, we're going for it with a little bit more and saying, God, we want you to use that. And we're gonna give you a moment in just a second to fill that out. So three groups, be inspired, you've never jumped in before, we need you, we need you bad, I want you to know. Number two, I'm gonna keep my commitment, that's awesome, no, no, nothing wrong with that. And then number three, hey, I could step it up a bit and I want to. I'm excited about that. I'm willingly, I'm a cheerful giver. 
If you're a part of the digital family, we've got on the screen for you the digital online commitment card. You can just pop that QR code with your phone or you can text Kynos to 44322 and we'll get you the right information. Your host will put it in the side chat as well. But here's what we're gonna do, be real clear with you. Just a moment, I'm gonna give you about three or four minutes to pray over and fill the card out. If you need to get up and get a pen or get a card, they're all on the tables. Students, we really want this for you too. This is where you learn to give. God wants to do his work in you as well. Single adults, same thing. Let God do something in you. We're gonna take about three minutes to pray over, think about, listen to the Lord. Then I'm gonna call us at the right time and we're gonna stand up and we're gonna all come down. You're gonna be amazed. You're gonna see thousands of people come to give. And we're gonna place them into boxes that are on these tables all over the worship center. Place them in there, and we're going to go back to our seats, <laughs> and we're going to worship together, and we're going to celebrate together. I'll lead you through the whole time, but this part right here is for you to hold this card in your hand. Pray with your husband or wife. Talk about it a little bit. Pray as a single, whatever it is, and then fill that out, and then I'll call you in about three to four minutes, and we'll come, and we'll give an application of this message and all the other ones we've heard. Father, we come in Jesus' name. We love you. We thank you that we are adopted children that can make a huge difference in the world. What a blessing. What a blessing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for a church that's so generous, so kind, that literally people send me cards saying thank you for starting a, a generosity initiative because we want to see lives changed, including our own and our own family. So would you speak to our hearts now at this time, Lord? Would we make the faithful choice, the courageous choice, not the safe one, to trust you? We're glad to be a part of it, Lord. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Houston's First Baptist Church. We invite you to worship with us at one of our four locations, at The Loop, Cypress, Downtown, or Siena. Follow us on social media or visit us online at houstonsfirst.org.